You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. This is your instant react week two edition. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Mikey is behind the virtual glass. We're going to talk about this one here for a couple minutes. Um, Folks, I tried to wait as long as I could to react to this game based on my the pit in my stomach and the nauseousness that I have been feeling since this thing ended. And it uh, hasn't gotten any better. So I'm not going to wait anymore. Let's get this let's get this going. And I want to talk about a couple things. First of all, let's go through a couple positives and get them out of the way before we get into the bullshit that happened at the end of this game and some of the troubling rhetoric from your Browns coach and players after the game. Um, Jacoby Brissett was fantastic in this one. I mean, I couldn't have predicted him to throw the ball this well in a million years. He came out, he was fantastic. He gave you a, uh, an amazing game. 22 of 27 for 229, a touchdown and a pick. The pick came late. Shouldn't have even been on the field. Nick Chubb, 17 carries, 87 yards, averaged five and uh, 5.1 yards per carry. Three tutties for Nick Chubb. Brissett and Chubb played like dogs. They did. And, and so did and so did Amari Cooper, who was fantastic. With nine receptions, he goes over 100 yards in the home opener and a touchdown. He was excellent. He was open all day. He was getting chunk yardage. Really, Kevin Stefanski, from an offensive perspective, and let me clarify that for a lot of people on Twitter who are coming after me for saying that I thought that Stefanski called a good game because offensively he called a very good game. Uh, this The offense looked great. They did their job. They dominated at times. The run game was great. Nick was great. Kareem was great. Amari was great. And Joku got involved. We can use him more, but they did the things they need to do on the offense side of the ball. And then late in the game, they did what they were supposed to do offensively. They got in the end zone. 
Uh, they pushed it to a two-score lead. They go up by 13 with under two minutes to go. Um, 32-17. Kate York misses the extra point. I'm celebrating. We're all celebrating, I'm sure. Um, I'm walking around. I'm looking at my phone. I'm getting prepared for this, for that. Game was over. It's a wrap. And it, it all went to hell here. Um, this is a continuous problem that we're seeing with Joe Woods and not I'm put, not putting this all on Joe Woods but certainly he owns some of this right because really defensively they were not great all day really in the second half Garrett Wilson did whatever he wanted to on the secondary that is so supposed to be so loaded and is talented but I mean he you had a field day with these guys. Um, Joe Woods runs a ton of zone, right? And that's fine, and that's cool. And his philosophy, as far as I understand it, and as far as I have come to grips with it, is we are not going to give up the big play. Well, that's fucking been fail, fail, F, 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 D minus, F across the board we will not give up the big if you are if your whole thing is we will not give up the big play we'll sit in zone we'll make you go on 10 12 14 play drives we think we can make you turn you over we can get to the quarterback we can you know hope you make a mistake or or be opportunistic and and we're going to make you work it down the field and during that time we think we can make a play da 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 da, da or get get off the field on third down one way or another win, get the ball back for our offense, then then you can't give up big plays. And, and what, this isn't even in that realm of that. This is going back to week one, right, with the malfunctions that happened there. This is not a new defense to these guys. They have been in it for two years, some of them three now. And I see a lot of stuff. Like, let me clear some things up. This isn't a question of man-to-man or zone for me at all. Right? Like, at all. If you're in man or if you're in zone, both ways you have to be able to communicate and figure things out. Why they are going out on the field with a 13-point lead in cover two is beyond me. You don't have to go full prevent, but you should at least be in quarters, cover four, whatever. I don't understand why they, they did that. And then why Denzel Ward would plays it like whatever. Like he, he plays outside leverage. And basically hands them off to nobody and then jogs at 60% down the field after the guy when they realize he's wide open. Still probably in the back of their minds, they're like, oh shit, we blew it. But game's over. We're cool. We won. Well, it wasn't over, motherfucker, because they came out and they got 
an onside kick after Stefanski calls a timeout. And he literally said in the press conference that he saw the way that they were lining up and they saw the way the ball was placed. He said he told them they were kicking it to the left side. Did that look like they were prepared for the ball to be kicked to the left side? Because it sure as hell didn't look like it to me. One guy, I mean, it literally, I, it was a really good kick. Like, I'm not going to blame special teams for this on the onside kick, but just one thing I wanted to say real quick here. It didn't look like, I know he said he, that whatever he he was preparing them, they may kick it to the left side. Well, it sure as shit did not look like they were ready over there when you have one guy, Amari Cooper, trying to corral that thing. Where was the... Where was the blockers? Where was the... Uh, something went haywire there. It, it didn't look right. That's not how you field an onside kick. Granted, it they it was almost a perfect kick. It was a one-in-a-million kick, so I'm not going to get... That's not the issue. The issue is the defense here. And I'm going to try to stay focused on that because there are other things that are creeping into my head, and I'm fired up, and it's hard to... Stay focused on what what we want to get to here. But the problem lies in the secondary where I see like almost half-ass effort on that play. Like I I know it's not an effort thing. It's a communication thing. But there's something wrong here. There is a malfunction on the back end. The safety play and John Johnson came over from the Rams at highly touted safety. Listen, guys. I'm going to flat out say it. He has not been great as a Brown. He is a veteran leader back there for them. He makes some good plays sometimes, but he has not lived up to the billing that he was received when we acquired him as a safety. Grant Delpit is lost back there at times. This didn't just start on the last two drives. This was all second half, folks. All second half, there was wide receivers open all day long. Flacco carved them up in the second half. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There wasn't even really a threat of the run game, to be honest. They used their backs... And we talked about this with Andrew Golden midweek when he was on the show. They use their backs in, basically in a long handoff scenario where they're just dumping it down to them in the flat and Brees Hall's, you know, going for 15 or whatever. Defense was just not good, folks. Where was Denzel Ward today? Where was Newsom made some plays? MJ Emerson... Not so great. I don't know what the PFF scores are going to say, and I haven't done a rewatch yet, right? So that'll come this week. This is an instant react show. Instant react is in, I'm infuriated, and I sent it out on Twitter, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you, you are you new to the Browns? Have you seen them? Folks, 
there was a 99.9% chance of win probability after they went up by 13 under two minutes. 99.9, and they blew that. So Dwayne Rudd or whatever else you want to reference me and say, wait, are you new to the Browns? No, this is different. This is a different kind of blowing it, right? This was a different level of blowing it. And we're supposed to be beyond those years, right? We went through those years to get to this point where we have a roster as talented as we have now. This kind of shit can't happen. Year three, Joe Woods. This type of shit is unacceptable. Browns are on a short week. Everybody's safe, right? And I don't even think, let's be clear. Fire Joe Woods. Everybody's going to say it. Everybody's thinking it. But I don't know until we go back and really dissect this, and I'm trying to get, hang on. Let me look. I'm trying to get some some guests to really dissect this stuff, okay? But, like, I've got my show on the whole NFL on Monday nights. I'm going to try to do another show tomorrow night, too. But I'm, I've reached out to some cornerback people, right? Secondary, people that understand it on a different level than me, right? Because this needs to be broken down to a point of like, okay, this is what's happening here. But I know that going out and cover two there is not like the smartest thing in the world. And then they get the ball back on on the onside kick, right? So blown coverage, Ward, I think, is at fault there. I think he thinks they're playing a different defense than they're actually in. But either way, in that position, like, how is there not a safety, safety like, deeper than where Grant Delpit is on that side of the field? Like, he literally walked, like, basically walked, like, he could have lightly jogged past Ward. He just kind of stood there, handed him off, shuffled. You know, he's got outside leverage. He looked like he's playing that zone or, or that third or the upper third, whatever, and 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 hands him off, and, and Delpit's not there. Flacco has plenty of time. Note right here, 13 minutes into the show, note there was no pressure on Flacco in the second half. So along with coverage being poor, and them kind of carving up whatever the Browns were in, the zones that they were in, and this goes back to the article I wrote this week, similarities, familiar with what they run. What What we run, they teach it, Solid teaches it the same way. He knows what Joe Woods wants to do, core concept wise on defense, because they do the same damn thing. So when the offense suddenly is carving up the secondary, adjustments need to be made. Fail. F, D minus, D minus, F. Fucking F, Joe Woods. Adjustments were not there. The shame of this is, and people are going to say overreaction, right? 
the shame of this is there are only so many wins you get in an NFL season. This was one. This was one. This was a win. Jacoby Brissett played his ass off. You got great performances from your money, guys. Your money played well on offense. You should win that game. You put up 30 points. No fucking way the Jets should score more than 30 points on you on this defense. No fucking way. Inexcusable. Meltdown. I don't even blame Kate York. That should not... That extra point should not have even fucking mattered, folks. Should not have even mattered. So, they get the ball back on the onside kick. And now we're going to play, and I tweeted at the time, don't go so soft here. They've got the ball at almost midfield. They've got plenty of time. The Browns failed to tackle anybody in bounds. They allowed them to throw short underneath and get out of bounds and get right down the field into a... And I'm, I was talking to my to my dad, and my dad is a longtime football coach. He coached at the college level. He coached at the high school level. And he said, right there between the 17 and 20-yard line is a really weird spot. For defenses, right? Like it it's like a tween in between it's like a tweener zone, right? Like you don't know quite if you're like if you should man up down there or play some tighter stuff because it this field's starting to get smaller, or is it just open enough that you can still sit back in some zone and play the stuff in front of you, right? It's an in-between zone. And it's hard, and that's right where they were when they threw the touchdown pass, once again, bad coverage, nobody there, runs wide open, right up the seam, touchdown, they win the game. 22 seconds left, Brissett goes out, goes down, makes an effort. I thought they might get it in field goal range. I mean, but if they would have, there's no reason they should even be on the field trying to win the game at that point. This needs a rewatch. This needs somebody, and we're going to do it this week. We're going to get really into it. But this needs to be identified. Denzel Ward screwed up. Delpit was not good today. John Johnson was not great. And once again, I'm going to say it again, he has not been as advertised since he came over from the Rams. I was a huge proponent of going and signing John Johnson III. And I like him. I like him. I think he's a great veteran presence in the offense, in the uh, locker room. And I think he's much, much, much better when he doesn't have to play the free safety role and he can kind of do his freelance thing. But there's so much freelancing or whatever the hell's going on back there at this point that it's a problem that nobody, sorry, my pen dropped. I'm flustered. I'm fired up tonight. I, but like, this is inexcusable, folks. And I feel you. I have a pit in my stomach. I'm nauseous. It's unacceptable. The, thank God they play on Thursday, right? They've got to flush this, move on. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. Sunday Night Football's coming on. There's, you know, songs playing for Sunday Night Football. I, football Night in America was on, whatever. Just put my showdown DraftKings lineups in, and I got on here to talk about this stuff. Like, but I've been listening to React Everywhere, and a lot of it is revisionist, like, 
I tried not to do this when I was on a show with Scott. If those of you that listened to me and listened to Scott Dryden, and we did a show called the Browns Scout Podcast back in the day, and he would always be like, "No names, no names, no names." Bull, bull from bull from ninety two point three. I'm going to call him out. He was saying some bullshit on their show, their YouTube show, which I don't particularly like, to be honest with you. And I I love Garrett. Garrett Bush and me are a guy. That's my guy, right? He comes on my show. We, you know, it's we are we are cool. And I don't have a problem with anybody else over there. It's all cool, except for Bull. I, I, I he's trying to say that the Browns should have somehow. Nick Chubb should have somehow not scored to go up by two touchdowns, and they should have ran time off the clock there. That is the most revisionist bullshit, revisionist history bullshit I have ever heard in my life. That is just absurd and a wild take. And you should not be speaking into a microphone if that's your take. That's just dumb and ridiculous. The breakdowns here are on the defense. No pressure in the second half. Poor coverage, exploited by cover three beaters, cover four beaters. Uh, Garrett Wilson having a coming out party right back in Ohio, in Cleveland, in your home opener. Joe Flacco, who talks shit on you a day before, pulls a miracle out of his ass and beats you. Inexcusable bullshit. Joe Woods, year three, Players, year three, should not be happening. Denzel Ward just gave you a hundred plus million freaking dollars. Should never happen. Bullshit. Miles Garrett says that he's upset with the fans booing and that they... What? Say what, Miles? How could you ever have a problem with fans booing at that? Miles is the leader of this defense. He should be taking accountability, folks. He is the leader. He should be absolutely 100% offended with the performance that they put up in the second half today. Let alone the last two minutes where you, once again, you had a 99.9 win probability. And you pissed it away with half-ass... Poor play calling, poor execution on top of it. We'll get into the weeds more with the finger pointing, but I know Delpit didn't play well today. John Johnson did not play well today. The corners were not good, and Denzel was absolutely a ghost on the field. It was embarrassing. This was embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. I have a pit in my stomach. I feel nauseous. I felt like that since it ended because it was a win. This was 2-0, first time since 93, victory Monday, and gone in the blink of an eye because of some bullshit that should never happen, that should only have happened here in Cleveland like 10, 15 years ago. Thought we were past this, folks. So there's my react. I needed to get some of this off of my chest. This defense, you can't fire anybody because if you go in there, people are going to say fire Joe Woods. If you go in there and you say, who's going to take over? 
Who's going to take over that's going to get a better response from the Stephens for than Joe Woods, right? Like, I'm not bailing him out. Joe Woods is, is has to, there has to be accountability here, right, for this? Because this is the NFL, and what happened was unacceptable. So there has to be accountability here. And a lot of that falls on Joe Woods, some of it on Stefanski, too. Not as much, I don't think. His side of the ball that he calls plays was fantastic today. But he is the head coach, so yeah, some of it falls on him, but a lot of it falls on Joe Woods. What you're going to call there, as Stefanski said in his presser, we talked to them about what to expect. How? Can, what did they say then? Before they went out on the field, after they were up by 13, we talked to them about what to expect in this situation. Well, then what the hell did you say to them? Or nobody was fucking listening. Because they all stood around and watched a guy run for 66 yards and nobody touched him or came near him. Nobody was in the, in the screen, in the frame. He was running at 75% speed into the end zone. Nobody's in the frame, and when you do get a picture of them, they're jogging. Delpa and Ward are jogging. Because they thought the game was over, too. This is some bullshit, amateur-level shit. And Joe Woods is accountable. I have defended him at times. I've said at other times he's been bad. But I was okay with him coming in this year. Year three, you've got your players back. You've got a stacked lineup with talent. But through two weeks, it's been a disaster on the back end. And one of those guys is a veteran that you went out and got in free agency just to play these roles. And Delpit, who you drafted with high draft capital, has been disappointing. The guy you gave $100 million really hasn't played well at corner. MJ Emerson was your best, in, in Newsom are by far your best corners the first two weeks. So I don't know, Ward needs to get his head out of his ass, get right, whatever. But this is all a problem. And, folks, and, folks, I don't know why. I know there's you need to rotate people in. Jeremiah Wosukoromoa, always excellent. Always going to play his hardest, always excellent, right? I don't know why Anthony Walker isn't on the field more. He's clearly better than Phillips at this point. Like, And I'm all for Phillips and the speed that he brings, but he hasn't been good, guys. He hasn't been good either. Does Walker need rest in the middle of the game, or are we just really trying to force a draft pick on the field at this point because we like his speed upside? Because they're a better defense when Walker's on the field. In fact, they communicate a lot better when he's on the field. I don't know. These are my thoughts. I've kept you too long. This is All Eyes on Cleveland. I am Brad Ward. We will be back all week long talking about this transitioning to the Steelers. We're lucky. It's a short week. They've got a chance to go turn around. And the good thing about having a head coach like Stefanski, who is even keeled, who is not like Dan Campbell and the rah-rah guys, right? Where the ups and downs are too much to handle, although this is tough, right? But you can flush this after you get out the tape out of it. You figure out the communication bullshit. 
and then you flush it and you move on to Thursday night because that's a must win. You've got to get that one. If you get that one, this is okay. Everybody else in the North lost today. You're still tied for first place. In fact, Cincinnati is 0-2. And look terrible for two weeks now. Steelers lost to the to the Patriots. Baltimore pissed away a 24-point lead themselves in the fourth quarter to Tua. Tua threw six touchdown passes on the Ravens. So the North ain't looking so strong right now. So there's your silver lining, okay? But you've got a quick turnaround, and you can get this bad taste out of my mouth and the rest of Cleveland's mouth real quick on Thursday night. But you got to figure this shit out. This defense has to be better. The talent is there. Three years under the same coach. I don't care what you're running. At least be good at it. Right? I mean, I'm not asking him to out-scheme everybody, but you should be good at what you're running at least. Good enough to at least stop a team from scoring 14 points on you in under two minutes at the end of a game. We're going to look harder at this. I've reached out. We'll get some guests on. We'll talk about it. We'll get it hashed out. We'll go through the quotes. We'll look at what Stefanski says, Joe Woods, everybody else. Per usual, we'll get through this together. We'll turn to Thursday night. Hopefully we can get a win against the the Steelers who are uh, in a struggle bus themselves. So, Mikey behind the virtual glass. I am Brad Ward. This is All Eyes on Cleveland, a Blue Wire podcast. Instant react Sunday night. Feel better. Get it off your chest. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. They can fix it. Inexcusable today, folks. Inexcusable. But it's week two. Everybody else lost. And we play on Thursday night. So there's your silver lining. Lot to figure out. We'll do it together. This is All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm Brad Ward. We're out.